This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. News time right now, 816. You're tuned to WGNS. Don Wright is in studio with us this morning. And uh, Don, how are you this morning? I am doing great, Scott. Sit up and watch the Braves last night, so I am a little sleepy. <laughs> yeah, what, what time did that game end last night? Uh, it was after 11. Man, mm. it was a late one then. It was a late one. And, and although I knew the Braves were going to eventually lose it, I just wanted to keep watching. <laughs> What, do you remember what the final score was? I, I don't recall. Right I think it was 7-5, to 8-5, five, to five, something like that. Man. So. And, and they play again, I guess, tonight. Uh, no, play Tuesday night. Tuesday night, okay. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Exchange Club, that's what we're talking about this morning. And yes, uh, different aspects about the Exchange Club. And you've seen the Exchange Club worldwide. And I guess tell us a little bit about your background with the Exchange Club. Well, I, I moved here in 1982 and uh, some young man named John Hood invited me to some club meeting that I never heard of called the Exchange Club. And when I visited, uh, I decided that uh, their activities were in prevention of child abuse, Americanism, and community service. And I said, well, how can you turn that down? And so I was able to join Exchange and men involved and Worked up through the ranks, and uh, John Hood is a past national president, and uh, Bill Ketron is a past national president, and I decided to become a past national president in 1314. Of course, you are elected from the floor at convention, so I've, I've done a little bit of it all, but thank you. When you go to the different events where, you know, there's hundreds of members of Exchange Club, you know, from all across the U.S., when you go to these events, what's the atmosphere like? The atmosphere is uh, dedicated to your community, making sure your community becomes a better place to live, giving of yourself to just help other people. Uh, as I said, our national project prevention of child abuse. And a lot of times you wonder, are you really doing good? But come on, let's face it, if you've helped one child get out of the situation they're in, then you have accomplished something. And so it's really great. Americanism-wise, I've been to a lot of events where I, I have sat and cried with veterans or families of veterans and just really have enjoyed learning about what's all going on in those communities. What are some of the more recent events you've been to through the Exchange Club, you know, outside of this area? Outside of this area, one of the most moving was uh, there is a healing field in um, um, Tempe, Arizona. They put up a flag for everyone who was killed on 9-11. And then they have the field divided in whether they were on the flight, whether they were at the Pentagon, or whether they were uh, in the towers. That is very moving because usually in the military section, they actually put down the boots. Uh, people bring boots. And uh, the eerie part is when they clean up the field, they've been there for a week, and the grass has discolored under those boots. And that's, that's quite an eerie feeling. But just I think the joy of just going uh, right now, uh, the uh, fair and it's called the uh, Coastal Carolina Fair in Charleston, South Carolina is going on and just getting out there and watching the people work and give to their community. I can't imagine. I mean, you're talking well over a thousand flags out there. Yes, right. Five, there was 5,000 and I forget the number. And then here in Murfreesboro, they set up about 500 flags. Uh, well, we're close to about 850 right now. Man. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, of course, ours is a little bit different. We don't dedicate them to those who have done out there. Luckily, they've got a Toyota dealership uh, group that gets together and really underwrites their field. 
When you're serving as president, you know, nationally of the Exchange Club, how do you go about deciding where to hold the annual convention? What town do you pick? Uh, that's interesting because it's usually done about five years in advance, and uh, we have clubs who usually send out, we would like to hold the convention in our community. Uh, we usually have to say you've got to have X number of rooms. You have to have a um, banquet hall that must be able to seat for convention and for dinners, X number. So that becomes uh, very determined on, on or specific on how they can get, there, get them there. The other uh, thing would be transportation to and from the city. So usually it is held in a metro market with an airport. And how many people usually show up for these conventions? I think we just had it. Our recent convention was in Memphis, and I think we had close to 800 people show up. And where was it in Memphis? I'm guessing Peabody uh, or At somewhere? the Peabody. Okay. We had one at the Peabody, and we actually had a healing field there in front of the Bass Pro Shop as you drive into it, which was a very moving situation. People could actually see it from the interstate, and when getting off the interstate going, what are all these flags here for? <laughs> You know, the, the Peabody is a cool place. I mean, the history there, all of it, it's just really unique. It is really unique uh, to stay there and, and to get the feel of it. But, of course, just seeing the ducks and the going around and reading some of the history on the walls. And uh, you, you learn a lot about the things that you just didn't know about the Peabody. You know, Murfreesboro could have had a Peabody if we would have kept <laughs> that downtown hotel. Was, was it the James K. Polk James Hotel? James K. Polk, probably. Wouldn't so. that be neat if we were to have kept something like that? Exactly, exactly. Because Peabody, I don't know how old it is. What, 80, 100 years old? Probably 100 and something now, Scott. That's so. pretty wild. Yeah. And then I guess the closest thing to that in Nashville would be, what, what is that hotel downtown? The, the Hermitage, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the Hermitage. Yeah. But it's pretty neat when you start looking at these historic hotels and then you bring into it conventions that are about America, you exactly. know? Exactly. Well, they, they really were excited about us coming there because of our Americanism and our history. And they, they, they truthfully, they kind of worked with us to make sure we went to the Peabody. That's neat. Hey, so when is the next big convention for Exchange Club? Our next convention is uh, next July in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, of course, it's called the Greenville-Spartanburg-Asheville area, but uh, we will be at the Hyatt Regency in Greenville. And when you go to these things, I'm sure, you know, husbands, wives, they all come together. And, and do they have activities for you guys, like workshops? Oh, yes. Uh, usually on the opening night of Wednesday, we have uh, live entertainment and and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are convention sessions, and we have a lot of educational seminars on how to run your club, how to be more effective in your community, how to do fundraising, how to get public relations and marketing going. And, uh, of course, we then always elect the future president at that convention. Now, right now, all across America, it seems like it's really hard to find new employees at, at businesses, you know, far and wide. What is it like, though, trying to bring on new club members for the Exchange Club and, and other nonprofits that are similar? How, how has that been? I think nonprofits have had the same issues as the Exchange Club. A lot of people are a little hesitant still with COVID. Uh, and then we are a dues-paying organization. You have to pay, pay dues to belong to us. And a lot of people are like, well... I'm not working. I can't be there. I'm going to take a hiatus. Uh, luckily, here in Murfreesboro, we have actually grown our club. So that, that's been a good mark for us. But then we've had some clubs, uh, clubs I know that have had to pretty much go on a hiatus until they can get people back to working. I know the latest unemployment statistics here in Rutherford County were at 2.9%. Mm -hmm. 
Which is extremely low. And there's a lot of other neighboring counties like Wilson County, just as low as us, Williamson County, Nashville at 3% unemployment. Uh, But numbers like that, you don't see numbers that low across the country. I think we have something special here in Middle Tennessee. I think we have it special in in that, of course, with our growth, it's had a lot to do with that. You know, I, I sometimes question those unemployment numbers because, as you and I were talking earlier, there's a lot of people don't work. Yeah. And you, you go to restaurants and they're like, well, we, we can't seat you for 10, 15 minutes because we don't have enough help. So I'm not sure what's going on. But I think we have a great uh, economy going on here in Middle Tennessee. Again, Don Wright with us talking mm-hmm. about the Exchange Club. And you are a past president of the National Exchange Club, right. uh, not just locally. Right. We, we're lucky in Murfreesboro. They, they, they asked us what's in the water. But we have three past national presidents from Murfreesboro with John Hood, Bill Ketron, and myself. What What is that like, being the national president of Exchange Club. What kind of duties does that hold? Uh, your biggest duties are to promote the people, uh, be with them, do a little bit of percolations, uh, attend some special events. Uh, usually our national president will go to the uh, healing field in Tempe, the Coastal Carolina Fair in uh, South Carolina. We have a special event in Connecticut where they have a special dinner to honor the uh, they, they call it Connecticut's Finest, which is their police officers, and Connecticut's Bravest, which is their firefighters. I got to meet the people who were at Sandy Hook uh, when in Connecticut about two years after that happened up there. There's a big rib fest in uh, Naperville, Illinois. You get to go and be a judge of the ribs. Believe me, fun. I got so sick and tired of ribs, although <laughs> I love them. But when you have ribs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's a lot. But the other thing is you just go sometimes, and you are the keynote speaker some, for some special event they have in their community. Now, we've got a a big event coming up here in Murfreesboro. We'll get to that in just a second. But when you're, I guess, going to these other cities and meeting with other Exchange Club members in other states, what is their their view, I guess, as far as, I don't know, do they interact the same as good old Rutherford Countyans, or or what's it like in other states? It's really interesting. In some of the places you go, there's a lot of pranks pulled during the club meetings. There's a lot of uh, some clubs you may go to, and they're, I hate to say the term, but they're very stiff, very... Uh, follow protocol strictly. I love to tell the funny story. I was visiting the uh, Exchange Club of Lake Isabella, California, which is in Kern Valley, uh, which is north of L.A., and I got fined. And what it was, they have a three-minute where you're supposed to shake hands with everyone. I got cornered by one of the members and was talking to me, and so I got fined because I didn't shake Scott Walker's hand. He was the <laughs> secret greeter. And uh, so, I mean, it was, they, they, they joked I was the only, net past, uh, only national president who'd ever been fined. That's funny. <clears throat> and, and, of course, when you pay these fines, it goes to a good cause, so it's all, you know, it, it's, it's fun, you know? It, it's a lot of fun, and a lot of the Cubs use the fun or a brag jar type money to help local charities, and in our situation, uh, we mainly help with our brag jar money the uh, prevention of child abuse centers of the kamari house and the family center here in murfreesboro uh, again don right with us and talking about the exchange club now the the kamari house what is that because that hasn't been around real long i guess in rutherford county has it kamari house started uh because there were two people who had been formerly with the family center realized there was a need for parenting classes and what we call safe exchange safe exchange is where if you have two parents who've gone through divorce and they just can't see eye to eye uh, at that time the kids the parents were having to bring the kids to the police station and no offense to the police station but it's a very sterile sterile 
probably haunting type atmosphere for children. Well, now the Kamari House is a house where the children can come to and be exchanged. They also have, let's say, that one of the parents cannot be with the child outside on their own, that they must be supervised. And they do have a room there that a parent can interact with their child for a couple of hours, hours on a weekend. So things like supervised visitation, when you hear that term, that's usually when I guess you have somebody appointed to say, I'm going to sit in here with these people for three hours, two hours, whatever it is, while the father or the mother interacts with the child. And there, there's a special place for that. that that's correct. And as I said, luckily, it's in a house-like atmosphere, so therefore it makes it a little comfortable for the child. Sometimes the parents are a little nervous. I love to tell the story. There was a father and a son who just kind of sat there and didn't really talk. And finally, the son looked at the dad and said, I'm scared. And the daddy said, I am too. They immediately gave each other a hug, and there was supervision there on the hug, but uh, it kind of broke the ice with them, and the daddy then got down and played Legos with the child on the floor. You know, there's so many stories about divorce these days. You know, I read somewhere where the divorce rate's around 49%, then somebody else reported it was around 50% in the U.S., but with that being said, it does show there is a need for things like bringing families together or back together. Exactly. And, you know, they're just part of it's the communication. A lot of times parents don't communicate. And um, unfortunately, the children, a lot of time when they're young, think it's their fault, which it isn't. Um, not to say there aren't disputes on how parenting is, but that, that's not the child's fault. That's the parent's fault of not being able to communicate. And family is one of those things that the exchange club, not just here, but all over the nation, they really pull for family. Exactly. Uh, our, our real commitment is to making families uh, be able to get along with each other. Uh, you know, child abuse, unfortunately, with COVID went up because children weren't around teachers or supervisors. They were at home and they were not being observed by outsiders on something that may have happened. And, um, uh, you know, the child abuse situation is just something that shouldn't happen. There's no need for it. I know throughout the whole COVID period from the beginning, we heard reports from, you know, teachers and from uh, law enforcement saying, well, you know, because the kids were not in school X amount of months, we did not get reports of there being, you know, child abuse, child sex abuse in homes because the kids were not in the classroom to tell the teacher, you know, hey, this is something that happened to me. Right, and bless our teachers, a lot of them are very observant on what, you know, bruises and maybe reactions of a child that maybe had been outgoing and then all of a sudden goes into a shell and it may be because the child had been unfortunately brutalized in some form or fashion. And uh, so they weren't around the authority figures for the authority figures to observe them. I bet so many times it is that teacher that is the first person to say, we're going to get you help. Exactly. And we would love to have a program where we continue to teach teachers to be observant on the situations of abuse. Again, Don Wright with us this morning talking about the Exchange Club and some of the programs that the Exchange Club is involved in. And one of the things that is coming up is the 48th annual One Nation Under God Breakfast. It's going to be November 23rd this year. It'll be right here in the borough at Embassy Suites. So tell us more about that. Yes, Brian, it is our 48th, and we're very proud to have continued this tradition for 48 years. The One Nation Under God Breakfast uh, goals is to help us remember as Americans that we are one nation under God and be thankful for our 
the, the great heritage and the great bountiful uh, life that we have in here, the, this country. And this is held the Tuesday before Thanksgiving so that we can give that. It is a, <clears throat> a ticketed event. Uh, we have tables for $250, and that will seat 10 people. Uh, well, you can get a table at what we call in our prime locations of 10 people for $500, and you get a lot of more promotion on that. But this is a community-wide event. Uh, if individuals would like to come, we do have tickets available for $30, or they can get together with their friends and get a table and, and do it a lot cheaper for 25 But it's just been a way for us to give back to the community. This is not a fundraiser for us. Our, typically, the Exchange Club will break even or sometimes lose money on this event. But it's just a way of us to remind us of our American heritage. And we're about 22 days away from that. And once more, it will be at the Embassy Suites. How many people, again, do you expect to be there this year? We usually average around 300 people. So, And it's one of those where the Embassy is working with us greatly this year. We probably can take more than that. Uh, we are spacing out a little bit because of COVID. And uh, last year, unfortunately, we spaced out a lot, but we had a lot of people not attend. We only had about 175 last year. But we think now with the uh, hopefully the drop in the numbers of COVID that people will be willing to get back out and be in the public. But we've got a great lineup of speakers and uh, various uh, ministers doing prayer. And uh, uh, we're going to have a great entertainment from uh, – the the uh, in the community we're going to be able to have barbara fairchild people may remember teddy bear was her famous song but barbara fairchild and her husband and uh, they will probably perform their song called we want america back and how do you go about picking a guest speaker at these annual events we're, we're lucky uh, we kind of just actually fill out in the community and this year we have mr brian harrell who is the southeast area director for fellowship of christian athletes uh, he was actually scheduled to be our speaker last year, but unfortunately, COVID got him about a week before the event, and so we've invited Brian to come back, And but we obviously asked the people to uh, just talk a little bit about American history and how religion has worked into the history of America. And how long of a, I guess, keynote address do they usually do at these breakfasts? Well, our breakfast is actually at 6.30, and we start at 7 o'clock, and we end at 8 o'clock, and knock on wood, we, we start and end on time exactly, but the speaker probably has about 15 minutes okay and how do you go about getting tickets for this uh they can call 615-641-0121 or you can uh, email rob jacobs and hold on i can get you his it's jacobs r220 at comcast.net that's jacobs r220 at comcast.net and Rob is coordinating that for us. And we'll make sure we post this with the podcast whenever we save it to the yeah. website. Uh, but again, Jacobs R220 at Comcast.net. And then the phone number was 615-641-0121. Correct. And this is all coming up again 22 days away. November 23rd, it will be at Embassy Suites. And this is the 48th annual One Nation Under God Breakfast. So 50, two years away. Yeah. Are you planning something big already? You know, it's interesting. Uh, that kind of came up the other day, and I think we will start turning our attention to that after this one is over, but we really hope we can do something that. And, you know, for an organization to have done this for 48 straight years, and uh, I tell the story that actually started out over at uh, the James Union building at MTSU and have had to continuously grow, and, of course, the, the parking on the campus became tougher and things like that. But uh, we have had some really good speakers uh 
many of people will probably remember Rudy Kalis, who be on had to be on WSM uh, uh, WSM uh, TV, and uh, Rudy was Rudy ended up being one of our national exchange club speakers at one of our national exchange club conventions uh, in St. Louis, and so it wasn't too far of a drive. But he really fell in wa- love with what Exchange Club did. Again, Don Wright on air with us in studio this morning, talking about the Exchange Club here locally and nationwide. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to learn more about the Traveling Vietnam Wall, which, from what I understand, will be here in Rutherford County fairly soon. So we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But we're going to take a quick break. 8.36 is the time right now. We'll check on the weather forecast and the traffic as well during this short break. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door. If you're interested in our catering, you can go to demasesrestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants, go to demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We specialize in every instrument that the local musician needs at prices comparable or better than online prices. We do guitar repairs and setups, lessons for every instrument from strings to keyboards to drums. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. We're talking with Glenn King. How old were you when you enlisted? Barely 17. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who served in the Korean War. After I got out, eventually ended up working for the federal government. I worked in Huntsville, Alabama at the Army Missile Command. Ended up managing several of the major air defense missile systems. One was the Stinger and the Red Eye, the shoulder-held missile systems. Then there was the Nike Hercules. And then from there, the Hawk missile. And the last system that I had was the Patriot. And the Patriot missile, it it was highly classified for a long time until the Gulf War. The missiles you're talking about, these are things that are in history books. Well, they're still using some of the systems like the Red Eye and the Stinger. They're heat seekers. You were on the ground floor, so to speak, of seeing these missiles and how they operate and how they're going to be used. One of the things that I was very, very involved in is the training of the armed forces as to how to use the missile systems. Back then, we didn't have any enemies that were trying to encroach on us where we needed to use them. So it wasn't until the Gulf War that we got to use some of them. This has been a WGNS salute to veterans with World War II and Korean War veteran Glenn King. 
Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high in the mid-60s. North winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy alone near 42. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 44. Good morning. Traffic still moving right along 24 through the Hickory Hollow area. As you continue towards Nashville, just that heavy traffic coming up past Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway. 41 between Laverne and Smyrna. Still got quite a bit of traffic volume out here. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Time right now, 841. You're tuned to WGNS on this Monday morning, today, November 1st. Now, before that break, I mentioned there is another event coming up here locally that involves the Exchange Club. Now, this event, pretty cool stuff. I, I guess before we talk too much about it, if anybody out there listening has ever been to Washington, D.C. and been to, you know, you were talking about Arlington and then you have the Vietnam Wall and the wall there. I mean, it's it's undescribable if you've never seen it. it it's a very... Um when you get there, you're kind of speechless, and you know it's a reverent point, and you you see the people wa- approaching the wall, and you don't know if it's a family or a veteran who served in Vietnam and things like that, and it's, it's just it's just very moving, and you don't see a lot of uh, joyous occasions there at the at that wall. It's just something magic about it. You know, a lot of people in places like Tennessee, they never have the opportunity to travel more than you know, three or four hours away from home, you know, be it they're taking care of kids or they just don't have the income to travel. So when an exhibit such as this traveling Vietnam wall comes to places like Rutherford County, it really does open the eyes of a lot of people. It really will. And, and, uh, I would just have to say if no one has ever been to the wall in DC to definitely try to find time to come out and see this. Uh, I found out about this just through a press release and, uh, 
got some of our Exchange Club members are hopefully going to be volunteering out there. Now, the Exchange Club is not sponsoring this, but because Americanism is such at the heart of our Exchange Club, we really feel like this is something the community needs to come out and know about. But like I said, if you've never been to the one in D.C., this is a great opportunity, especially to bring your children out there. This is a, uh, it says it is a 375 feet by seven and a half feet high. So it's a three-quarter scale of the real wall. And if you want to etch a name off that wall, it is built that you can actually do that. And I think that's going to be interesting. I know that I've got two high school classmates whose names are on that wall, and I will definitely be looking for them. Again, Don Wright in studio with us and talking about the Exchange Club and different Mm -hmm. programs and events coming up. And one of the events, again, not necessarily under the wing of the Exchange Club, but definitely at the heart of yeah, uh, the traveling vietnam wall and this is really a remake of the wall that is in dc that we were talking about and it's going to different places throughout the state murfreesboro mm-hmm. being one of them right i think they're in um i think they're in uh, north carolina no they're in texas somewhere in texas this week and then they will be at barfield park here in murfreesboro next week and uh, it's the 11th through 14th, and of course, November 11 is Veterans Day. So we are certainly hoping that people remember that Veterans Day is to honor our veterans, living and dead, who have uh, certainly served this country. Do you know where within Barfield Park this wall will be set up? Uh, Bart, uh, I mean, Scott, I do not. I apologize. It, and it doesn't really say on their press release. It just says at Barfield Crescent Park. But again, coming up November 11th, all the way up until the 14th, it'll be in Barfield Park. And this will be something where the community come out, they can come out, look at it, and, and read some of the names on the walls that are the exact same names, of course, as the one in D.C. Exact replica, the names in the same order. I have read that names have been added. I did not know that. Uh, it is my understanding there will be lights out there at night, and that will be guarded. I have heard the Patriot Guard riders will be escorting the uh the um, trailer from the Bumpus Harley Davidson to Barfield Park, and then they will set it up. And I think that will be very interesting to see a bunch of motorcyclists leading this trailer yeah. uh, down the roadway on Broad Street. When you talk about things, exhibits, you know, museums, all of that in Washington, D.C., I think a lot of people who've never been there, they don't realize that all these exhibits, the museums in D.C. are all free. Exactly. And it's an amazing trip to take. They, they, you could spend more than a week, I guess, in D.C. doing all the free stuff. Of course, the Smithsonian. But then you got the Vietnam Wall. you got the World War II Wall. you got the World War I uh, monuments. And, and now they're building one for the uh, conflicts in the Middle East. Uh, of course, just the Smithsonian, you could say, I guess you could spend month up there just enjoying the free stuff. Yeah. You got the Museum of Natural History, you got right. art, then you have the Holocaust Museum is there as right. well. Right. But these are all things that are, again, free in Washington, D.C., but a lot of people... They may not know that it's free, but a lot of people never have the time to go to places like that. Right. I have to tell a funny story. We took our grandson one time. I guess he was about 11, and so the first morning we got on the elevator, there was a Vietnam veteran standing there, and I stuck my hand out and said, thank you for your sacrifice, thank you for your service. When we sat down to have breakfast, Tyler asked me, he said, Papa, why did you do that? And I explained it to him. We went out to the World War II Museum later that day, and there were several honor flights. Honor flight is where they fly in soldiers and get to take them on a tour of the uh, World War II monument. 
And as a typical 11, 12-year-old, he looked at me and he said, Paul, Paul, I don't think you can shake all these men's hands. <laughs> and, you know, I, I said it was great because he understood that I was honoring that man by shaking his hand. But he felt bad I couldn't shake all those men's hands at the World War II monument. Uh, again, Don Wright in studio with us. War, War, World War II, that's one of those eras where – they're not going to be around too much longer, sadly. Not going to be around, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard. Mr. Bill Allen, who was a World War II veteran on the beach at Normandy, is a charter member of the Exchange Club in Murfreesboro and still, at 96, attends our meetings. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. Now, Don, you've been with the Exchange Club here locally since about 1982, mm-hmm. so you have seen a lot of growth mm-hmm. over those years, not just you know, in the club itself, but throughout Rutherford County. What have those years been like? It, it's been great to see the uh, evolution of a lot of things and, unfortunately, the demise of some things. Uh, the Noon Exchange Club, which is now merged with the Exchange Club, used to have the Charlie Daniels uh, Rodeo. And it just got to the point where it was uh, strictly cost prohibitive to continue to put that on. Uh, our evening exchange club used to put on a walking horse show and a little bit of the same thing because we had a rink out at uh, uh, Old Fort Park, which now has been uh, taken down and where the new uh, Adams Tennis Center is built. So each time a, a nonprofit has something going and things change, you have to come up with new ideas on fundraising to continue to support the community. And I think that has just been the the idea of coming up of uh, new ideas in which you can serve the community, provide the community something that is worthwhile, and raise money for your nonprofit. You know, being in a place like Murfreesboro, we have so many new residents move in literally every single day from other states, even other countries. But when they get here, they probably don't know about some of the past history of the Exchange Club, and you're brought up the Charlie Daniels Rodeo. That was one of those things that was a lot of fun to attend, and I bet most people don't realize there was a rodeo in Murfreesboro annually. Right, and and uh, we were lucky that Charlie Daniels would loan us his uh, animals from his farm, and thus that's the reason we, we Charlie was actually an honorary member of the Exchange Club. And you're right, there's a lot of things going on in this community, not just with the Exchange Club, but a lot of other things. So when you have newcomers, newcomers, you really hope they can learn all that's going on in the community and things that they may not have been exposed to in, in the past. You, you and I were talking, uh, our club puts on the annual healing field, you know, 850 American flags, three foot by five foot. But there may be people who live out in Blackman or, or uh, Barfield who don't even know it goes on because it's we're not the little small city we used to be in when I moved here in 82. Definitely not. Our area has grown so much. I know the latest census count was over 342,000 residents, but I'm guessing It's probably higher than that, but because of COVID, I think they probably ran into some issues with their count. I'm sure they did. And, you know, it's interesting when I you you asked about traveling as the national president, a lot of people like, well, where in the world is Murfreesboro, Tennessee? And of course, you well, it's 30 miles southeast of Nashville. And and ironically, a lot of them go, well, I remember going through there when I was on my way to Florida. And I think that's kind of interesting. But when you tell them it's a city of, let's say, 125,000, and then you say, but... We have a metro-type area that probably would add another 100,000 just in the Murfreesboro area. They just kind of like, well, you're a big area. Yes, we are. Because I, I have to say, Bart, coming in, the, I mean, Scott, coming in this morning on Memorial, <laughs> yep, I think they were all on Memorial this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, It's wild to imagine we have over 340,000 residents in Rutherford mm-hmm. County, whereas 
there's some states out there, I think Wyoming was one of them, where their population is under a million. Exactly. That's an exactly. entire state. Right. So, And one of the problems that has happened here in the uh, uh, Murfreesboro is you kind of have trouble getting to know everyone. Used to, you know, I could go into a restaurant, and you, I know half the people in a restaurant, and now it's like, I don't know anyone in this restaurant. So it's new faces. They're good to have. You know, it's helping our tax base. It's helping our growth. Uh, and and it's, it's been a great place to live. Murfreesboro has great opportunities. So where were you before the 80s? Because you said you moved here around 82 or so. I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. I've lived in Albany, Georgia, Chicago, and Oklahoma City, which is where I moved from. And uh, luckily, a job had opened here that got me here in the billboard business and uh, was able to stay here and uh, raise the family and uh, just had a great time here. So Chicago to murfreesboro eventually <laughs> uh you know that's that's got to be quite a, a change in atmosphere well i had lived in nashville i guess i left nashville out so and yet back in the uh late 70s nashville was nowhere as big as chicago uh but for an old southern boy from the uh, mobile the only thing i'd seen that tall and that white had been sand dunes but when i got to chicago it was tall white snows yeah so uh the fact the first year i lived there it snowed 88 inches and i'm oh. like what am i doing here i think the good lord was really trying to give me a message <laughs> it, it is cold in chicago especially when that wind of course are known as the windy city but when that wind comes to those buildings it's it's very cold out it's there. very cold and of course with the lake effect you have a lot of humidity when it's blowing and yes uh, uh scott one day i came out from where i worked and they had these ropes down the road and i turned to my co-worker and i said is there a parade and he said no he said watch and people were actually holding on the rope because the wind was tunneling through those tall buildings wow. and blowing so hard especially the elderly it would blow them over you know in chicago you've got the national museum of what is it geography and natural history or something like that i wonder if we're ever going to have something like that in middle tennessee i think it's coming i really think if this area in middle tennessee continues to grow we're going to start having uh, uh those kind of places brought here because it's going to be close to the populations yeah and of course rutherford county is at a location where it's easily accessible by, I think, half the nation within a day's drive. Right. I, you know, I've actually talked to uh, Mayor Ketron about uh, if they had gotten the State Farm Building. I understand that's still in doubt. But I would love for us to get a Veterans Museum here. There is a Veterans Museum in Wilson County, and I'm thinking, well, why can't Rutherford County have one here? And up in Wilson County, they actually have uniforms from uh, the Revolutionary War all the way up to Iraq. And the last time I was up there, they actually had a helicopter inside their museum. That's how big it is. That's pretty cool. Again, Don Wright in studio with us talking about the Exchange Club and different programs the Exchange Club is involved in. And just to kind of recap, because we only have a few minutes left, there are events coming up, one of which is the 48th annual One Nation Under God Breakfast, and that is November 23rd at Embassy Suites. It's not too late to get tickets for that, right? Not too late. Our actual cutoff date will probably be November the 15th because uh, we do have to give the embassy a count on the number of meals that we will have that morning. It will be a self-serve meal, but we will have gloves available for people who want to handle uh, don't want to handle the utensils that someone else has handled. But uh, we would love to have the community come and join us, help us remember that God is part of the uh, history of America. And for tickets, they can call 615-641-0121, and we'll post that information on our website later on this morning, uh, along with the podcast. But you just call and say, hey, I want to reserve 
two tickets for the upcoming event? That is correct. Okay. Like I said, we really are pushing table sales, but we will sell individual tickets and group you together with other people. And then the other thing that we were talking about is the Traveling Vietnam Wall, which will be at Barfield Park. And that's going to be right around the corner, November 11th through the 14th at Barfield Park. That's going to be pretty cool. Well, I said I really want the public to come out for that. And, uh, you know, if you see a Vietnam veteran, just be sure and thank them for their service and their sacrifice. You know, we were talking about how the World War II generation is, is, you know, they're dying out. Next is going to be Vietnam. You know, it's hard to imagine that era is also aging quite a bit these days. Aging quite a bit. Uh, You know, I said I lost two high school classmates. I turned 74 at the end of this month, so that gives you the age bracket. And, yes, they're beginning to die off on us, unfortunately. And, you know, just like World War II, you had folks going in and, and serving the country at age 18, some cases even 17. Yep. I just got through reading a book called 77 Letters by Susan Hunter. You can get it through Amazon about an experience of her mother being a pen pal during Vietnam. And I thought that was very interesting that in the 60s she was a pen pal to probably about 12 or 13 soldiers and really got to know one. But then you realize he was 18. She has interviewed the guy in the book, but you realize that man was 18 years old when he first went into Vietnam. I can't imagine going into a war at age 18. I mean, you're fresh out of high school. You don't know where you're going when you're 18. I mean, you you have all these ideas, dreams, thoughts, but going to war would be the last one. Well, think, two years before, you just got your driver's license at 16, and at 18, you might be driving a tank or flying a helicopter. That's a lot of growth you had those those two years. And and then the things that you see can't be un unseen i mean it's it sticks with you that's the sad part yes again don wright in studio with us with the exchange club and uh, again the exchange club here locally about how old is it again scott we were chartered in 1951 okay so we're we're, you know we're 72 years 73 years old now and uh, as i said we have still have two charter members john hood and bill allen are still active in our club very cool and if anybody wants more information if they want to join the exchange club where do they meet how often do they meet we meet at through the grapevine for lunch every wednesday noon until one and we usually have a speaker and if they want more information they can go to nationalexchangeclub.org that's our national website, and then we they can get uh, information about Exchange Club. Sounds good. And, and we are on Facebook. They can follow us on Facebook. So just type in Murfreesboro Exchange Mur- Club? Murfreesboro Exchange Club, yes. Again, Don Wright with us this morning. Don, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Scott. Time right now, 8.58. We're going to check on the forecast and also the traffic, and then we'll be right back. Truman Jones comes your way in about seven minutes, so make sure you stay with us right here on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. 